Welcome, everyone, to the Daily Kofefi. Today is Wednesday, November 6th. I'm your co-host, Carter Laren, and I'm joined, as always, by the bad man pajama, Carrie Smith. Hey, Carrie. Hi, Carter. Good morning. How are you? I'm okay. Uh, how are you doing? I'm good. Actually, good. let me tell you something I didn't tell you before the show. Uh-oh. So last night, I went for a, a three-mile jog with my little doggy. My, my little dog can do... Can she keep up? He... Um, can keep up. He, he can, that's about his limit. Like at like three, two and a half, three miles is his limit. And, um, you know, we walked part of it. We didn't jog continuously cause he likes to stop and do dog things. But, um, but I was listening to that, you know, we did the whole ap- episode on Kanye's new album. Well, yesterday I listened to it on the uh, way to work. I was walking and just listening to it and it really hit me. I had like this, uh, emotional, just joyful response to one of the songs. And then it, it was just, it's hard to explain. It wasn't happiness. It was joy. It was like mixed with bittersweet feeling, but also joyful. But anyway, so then last night I listened to the, it's like my, it's going to be my new running album. How cool is that? This album, this Christian album is my new running album. Cause I used to always do running playlists when I was really uh, disciplined about running and when I was in SJW, a lot of my running playlists were really uh, angry music. Mm. <laughs> I found that very motivating. And uh, I used to, at the gym, I, I, was, I would put on Fox News because it made me so mad because I was a leftist who hated it. And the anger would get me through my workouts. And um, I look back on that now and I'm just, I'm not motivated by anger anymore. I try to be <laughs> like, I've tried to go running and I put on angry songs and it doesn't work. And so listening to this album last night, I had so much energy and it's all positive. It's all positive songs. And it just, it just, I was just reflecting on it. And I just felt like, wow, what a different place I'm in now where the thing that's motivating me to move my body and to exercise and stuff is not uh, rooted in hatred and anger, but in joy and positivity <laughs> and love and self-improvement. Huh? Sounds much healthier. It is. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> back when I, I mean, I ran a lot when I was young um, and I haven't in years because I have a bad back and running is not what they recommend for bad backs generally. But um, yeah, I always listened to kind of like, positive zone like in the zone music i don't i don't think i could ever really listen i guess if you're doing long distance it's hard to be angry for that long right i would never did short stuff i guess if i was doing short stuff maybe anger would help because like angry music is good if you're lifting i feel like you need like bursts of energy um maybe that's just me i don't know but i'm glad you're doing i'm glad you're doing positive That song, Sela, Sela, the one, the second one on his album, where it's just—I I have not listened to his album, so I don't oh know. Gosh, it's so good! It's just this choir of crescendoing hallelujahs, and by the time it gets to the to the climax of the song, I'm like running, like praising. <laughs> I can't help myself from. You're in like, Southern Baptist Church. By the time the song's over. Yes. <laughs> Like, who's that crazy lady running like this? <laughs> but, um, and then I saw, I saw this really funny, just very delightful video. I, I'll, I shared it on Facebook, but I'll share it. We could maybe share it in the comments if people want to see it. It's so cute. It's this guy from Australia, some vlogger who I had not seen before, but um, he, he did a video blog in the car with his Christian mom playing, getting her reaction to Kanye's album. And it was so cute and funny and just a positive thing to start your day with. So anyway. Well, uh, I would like, I would, I would certainly like to see the hip hop community embrace, embrace more positive messages. I know Zuby's music is much more positive. Um, obviously this is a change of heart for Kanye, uh, mm-hmm. but you know, it wouldn't be, I don't think it would be bad for the community to stop rapping about beating up your girlfriends and shooting cops. Yeah, I mean, and the, and it didn't used to be like that. I mean, originally rap and hip hop were about, like Public Enemy was about um, rapping about real problems and injustice and stuff. It wasn't about, you know, a worship of materialism and nihilism. And it, it was like real. Thuggery. Hmm? 
thuggery. Right. It, it, it wasn't about thuggery. It was about uh, pushing back against the system. And, you know, uh, it, it, you may or may not agree with some of those messages if you're on the right, uh, I guess, but, but they, at least they were, it was, it was about messaging and it wasn't just about like a, a idolatry and stuff. And so I think this is cool that you can see this trajectory that hip hop maybe is taking. And I, and I do think um, in that cute little Australian vlogger video where he played the album for his mom, he said, this is, he was all excited. This guy's like, this is going to usher in a new age of, or new era of Christian creativity. And um, I can't help but think that he's right. I mean, I have a, I have friends who, I have one friend who is an amazing artist and uh, she quit doing art for, she dropped out of art school because it was all SJW postmodernism stuff. When right. she's actually talented and can do like the Renaissance style. And of course, SJW postmodernist art is like, pull all the lint out of this teddy bear and staple it on the wall and throw fake blood on it. And that's <laughs> art. You know what I mean? Did you just make that up? Because that was an awesome made up art project, Carrie. No, I'm pretty sure I saw something like that at a museum. <laughs> <laughs> that was being, oh, look at this. It's amazing. It's like, no, that's just, they just tore that stuffed animal apart. It's garbage. I mean, there have been. Garbage. In, in some modern art museums, there have been cases where janitors have thrown art pieces, exhibits away because they thought that they were actual garbage. Oh, oh well, on the flip side, there was one. I can't, I can't remember the specifics, but I think it was something like somebody dropped a pair of glasses on the floor. and people. Yes, I was going to say that one, too. It was they left their pair of glasses on a pedestal somewhere or like on the windowsill or something, and it became art. <laughs> so they couldn't get their glasses back. <laughs> yeah. So, well, so my friend's an actual artist, like she's talented. She's not post, but, but because at the time she was back when she was going to art school way back when this SJW postmodernist was just coming into style and she was made to feel like she didn't know what she was doing. Like, I guess I'm not an artist cause I'm not doing all this crap. And, um, so anyway, she's gotten back into her art of late and her art is very, uh, uh, Christian. In, in tone, well, she likes she likes Renaissance style, and so she and she does a lot of Catholic kind of inspired art. And anyway, I was just thinking about her, and I was thinking about other um, other artists who might feel safer uh, making a statement about their their spiritual beliefs because someone with so much uh, clout it, it, it has done that already and kind of done, provided cover. Do you know what I mean? So anyway. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I also, by the way, prefer a lot of the romantic realism type stuff or, or you know, as opposed to the Jackson Pollock, you know, bits of sandwiches and cigarette butts yes. crowned in with <laughs> the, the paint. But um, just to, in case anyone's interested, the Art Renewal Center, they've been around forever. I think it's artrenewalcenter.org or artrenewal.org or something like that. You can look it up. Um, they've been around for a while and they've got high-res scans of like a lot of really good, it's all Renaissance era type, you know, like romantic realism type art. Um, and, you know, it's, the thing with art is, I think a lot of times art is often counterculture. And so maybe when, when culture was much more conservative, you had a lot of drive for art to be like, you know, we're going to, break the norms and throw splashes of paint on the, I mean, it doesn't mean it's good. It's just like, right. that's, that's the kind of the drive uh, artistically and a lot of creative talent and energy is spent, you know, promoting counterculture ideas, but really Western culture and <laughs> Christianity and kind of just basic Western values are counterculture now. Yes. This is my point about Kanye's album. Kanye's album is the counterculture now. That's what's fascinating about the time that we're living in now. And you are right. When the culture was predominantly conservative or Christian, then you could see the counterculture being the uh, something opposite, right? That's so, get things like piss Christ and that kind of stuff because they're just yeah. be they're trying to be obnoxious to the mainstream culture. And be provocative, but see, piss Christ and that stuff has now. That's not provocative anymore. That's the cultural norm now. Right. You have disgusting, uh, was it BuzzFeed? Or I think it was BuzzFeed had some of their 
female staff members doing art with period blood. You know what I mean? Like that's so, what is wrong with you? That's, and it's, they're just trying to be provocative for the sake of being provocative. And it's also, it's all the stuff we've talked about. It's nihilistic. It's narcissistic. It's obsessed with bodily functions, which, which for some reason, SJWs are really obsessed with their bodily functions. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's just, there's nothing there. It's me. It's hedonism. It's meaningless. And, and so what is the counterculture to that? Meaning, purpose, tradition, family. Right. Joy was a word that you Joy. used now describing uh, your experience running and listening to Kanye. And joy is a word that has been basically kind of, I feel like it's been uh, besmirched. Like people, the people, joy seems like a thing that's not cool or hasn't been for a long time, like joy, what are your, do you have joy? Joy, people kind of have snide, you know, uh, reactions to joy because, because culture has been so nihilistic, but now it's joy is counterculture. It's good. Art should give you inspiration and be joyous and celebrate uh, the good things about the world and humanity. Those are, those are valid functions of art. Obviously not all art, some art can, you know, have you question why things are wrong or whatever, but, um, but that's a great function of art. And it, it's one of the reasons I think art is important is because it's inspiring to people. Um, and how inspired can one be with menstrual blood smeared on a canvas? I mean, that's not, yeah. that's not inspiring or even, even famous people like Jackson Pollock. How, it's not inspiring to be like this guy squatted over a canvas and dripped some paint on it while he was eating a sandwich. <laughs> how, is that, how is that inspiring right how is like you know compare that to the Sistine Chapel right? how, how is that inspiring okay <laughs> anyway, anyway I can't stand anyway. Paul, by the way he's my he's uh, yeah well I get it I get it <laughs> we were going to talk about something else today which I think I we, should. We, still we, should. Still, we can do a quick hit let's do it uh I, I just think it's worth talking about because um, a lot of people are mentioning it and it really goes hand in hand with <laughs> Sorry. Apparently, Tiger has an opinion about this. Uh, Tiger doesn't like legacy media either. Um, so this, <laughs> this is about uh, legacy media. And so what happened was Project Veritas, James O'Keefe, they released um, a video of an ABC correspondent or anchor, I guess, Amy Robach, I guess is how you say her name. And um, she was speaking on an open mic. So she didn't realize she was being, this was not aired, right? This was just a conversation she was having. And why don't we play it now and, and then we'll comment on it. I've had the story for three years. I've had this interview with Virginia Roberts. We would not put it on the air. So by the way, when she's, she's just to pause, she's, the story she's talking about is the Epstein story, okay? So she's saying, I had the story for three years, um, and we had Virginia Roberts, but we wouldn't put it on the air. No, just a quick aside for those of you who don't know, Virginia Roberts was um, one of the women who was allegedly in Jeffrey Epstein's stable of sex slaves that he would hand out to people and kind of coerce or force into having sex with people and who apparently claimed she had sex with Prince Andrew several times at Epstein's behest um, and that kind of thing. So, um, First of all, I was told, who's Jeffrey Epstein? No one knows who that is. This is a stupid story. So let's just, I want to pause too here because that's a bad answer. No one knows who Jeffrey Epstein is. Um, Three years ago, people knew who Jeffrey Epstein was. It's not like the guy was unknown. He was yes. convicted in 2008 of a sexual offense. And she was talking about sex with, with Prince Andrew. People definitely know who Prince Andrew is. Uh, and she talked about Bill Clinton, which I think uh, Amy will mention here in a moment. But So it's not but, like, like, who cares if you don't know who Epstein is? It doesn't. But by the way, you're right. People did know who he was. And, and the accepted... Uh, narrative or like like most people just accepted that he was ne nothing was ever going to happen to him because he was too untouchable and right. and so how great would it have been to break this story and show the world nobody's untouchable when they've done this kind of evil but no well, nobody knows who he is. even if they didn't know who he is 
You're going to let this continue to happen yeah, by not breaking. You don't know who the pimp is. Yeah. But, it's but, like that. It's like that guy and at the, at the BBC, Jimmy, what was it? Seville, civil, civil, the guy who molested hundreds of children and they, and they all knew it and they just let it keep happening for decades. Right. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. So let's let her go. Continue. Um, then the palace found out that we had her whole allegations about Prince Andrew and threatened us a million different ways. So she was saying the palace, one of the reasons she thought it was because the palace found out there was allegations against Prince Andrew and they threatened the network. Um, we were so afraid we wouldn't be able to interview Kate and Will say, oh, that we, that also quashed the story. And then, um, and then Alan Dershowitz was also implicated in because of the planes. She told me everything. She had pictures. She had everything. She was in hiding for 12 years. We convinced her to come out. We convinced her to talk to us. Um, it was unbelievable what we had. Clinton, we had everything. Okay, so Clinton, Alan Dershowitz, Prince Andrew. And, and the reason is no one knows who Epstein is. I'm, pr I'm pretty sure the other people make up for that. And like we pointed out, people did know. Her. By the way, it, I just looked up how to pronounce the name of the guy I was talking about at the BBC. It was Jimmy Savile. And, oh, Savile. Yep. And so one of Epstein's best friends was Prince Andrew. One of Savile's best friends was Prince Charles. Yep. Anyway. I, I tried for three years to get it on to no avail. And now it's all coming out and it's like these new revelations and I freaking had all of it. I, I, I'm so pissed right now. Like every day I get more and more pissed because I'm just like, oh my God, we, it was, um, what, what we had was unreal. Other women backing it up. Hey, yep. Brad Edwards, the attorney three years ago saying like, aunt, like, we, there will come a day when we will realize Jeffrey Epstein was the most prolific pedophile this country has ever known. And I had it all three years ago. Would you mind pausing it? Oh, okay. So, by the way, so, including other women backing her up. So, yeah, I was asking you to pause it earlier when she first was kind of gloating, although she did it at the end, too. She's like, one thing about this that just bothers me is that the thing she's most upset about and with her arms all folded like this is like, this was my story and I, and nobody knows yeah. that I'm the one that had it. And it's like, that's what you're upset about. That's what you're upset about. Not the fact that he was able to continue to do this to women because you sat on it for three years. You know what Ronan Farrow did? There's a, there's a correlation here between Ronan Farrow's got a new book out and he talks about um, how NBC where he was working at the time killed the Harvey Weinstein story. Yep. And in part they killed the Harvey Weinstein story because Weinstein had knew about Matt Lauer and threatened to uh, uh, put out all the dirt on Matt. That's how they, they all keep each other's dirty little secrets of right. friggin' nasty elite. So he was like, if you run the story, I'll reveal all the Matt Lauer stuff. But the other thing was Hillary Clinton's publicist put pressure on him too. Cause he was trying to get an interview with Clinton for a different story. And her publicist was like, well, we don't like the, basically we don't like the Harvey Weinstein story. And so she put pressure on them to kill it as well. And so um, in both of these cases, the place they were working for ended up not running it. ABC in this woman's case, NBC in Pharaoh's place. What did Pharaoh do? He took it somewhere else. Right. She could have done that. She could have done that. Right. That really. In her career. Yeah, that bothers me so much about this yeah. woman. No, anyway. I, I, I get that. And you can sense from, you can sense from the interview She's, she's envious that it's not hers anymore, that she had, like, I had it. It was mine. Like, I had it all. We had it all. So, yeah, I, so let's, let's just talk about what happened. So Project Veritas releases this, this video. The first thing that I noticed people do, Carrie, genetic fallacy. Right away, the, you know, blue check marks. Wow. James O'Keefe. They do that every Project time. <laughs> right sorry it's like it's literally an open mic video unedited <laughs> like what what is there to not trust um but you know so they they went after the genetic fallacy thing um which by the way is bullcrap with james o'keefe like he none of the project veritas videos are deceptively edited and i think for almost all of them he releases all the footage if you want to go through all the footage you can yes so here's the thing i saw one of our uh viewers 
posted about this story on her wall and I saw one of her friends is like, oh, well, you, do you know it? Do you know about Project Veritas? Like as if there's something bad to know. It's like, yeah, I know that they're one of the few places that's doing actual investigative journalism and breaking stories that the legacy media won't break because they're in bed with these elite pedophiles. Right. So ABC and, and Amy Robach issued statements and their statements were basically like, well, uh, the story at the time didn't meet our editorial standards for blah, 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 you know, and, and she, but we never stopped pursuing and we're going to come out with something later, which is like, yeah, thanks. It's too little too late, but whatever. We're going to come out with something later. We've been investigating and, and they, both their statements kind of sounded like that. That's but a lie. I, I have- just a reminder, ABC is the network that used footage from a Kentucky gun range and claimed it was Turkey bombarding Kurds in Syria. So their, their editorial standards are actually quite low. This has nothing to do with editorial standards. These are the same people that, that ran around and said Nick Sandman was, uh, you know, mocking uh, Nathan Phillips, who was a Vietnam War veteran and blocking him from going somewhere. Like that whole made up thing. It's the legacy media has no standards. This is not about journalism. They don't do journalism. They do propaganda. That's what they do. For anyone who doesn't know what Carter's talking about, he's referring to the Covington kids thing, Nick Sandman. The other, the other thing is that I have one word for that, not up to their journalistic standards, Kavanaugh. Right. Right. They ran, yeah, they ran with 30-year-old unsubstantiated rumors with nothing to back them up whatsoever. And yep. they... And they all, and then they ran with crazier ones that with the nut jobs who started coming out of the woodwork, they would just run with it. Yep. And so give me a break. And, and they think people will buy this, but the, the sad part is I know people who do buy this. Well, and they <laughs> did the same thing with Trump, right? So the Clinton campaign pays for operation, uh, opposition research, uh, on this, this, you know, crappy steel dossier with a bunch of salacious, interesting content in it unverified completely they ran with that cnn's been talking about that for two years basically so you know i think one thing that's i think positive about this carrie is i think a lot of people i know not everyone i know a lot of some people still follow the legacy media but i think a lot of people are realizing that the legacy media um they're not in the business of journalism at all they are in the business of propaganda they are trying to push a particular narrative. And if some weak evidence pushes that narrative, like Kavanaugh, they'll use it. And if strong evidence threatens something else like their existence or goes against the narrative they want or whatever it is, they will shy away from it. They'll kill the story. They'll protect a mass pedophile and potentially powerful people involved in the pedophilia ring, like Prince Andrew, like Bill Clinton, like Alan Dershowitz. I know they all claim they're innocent. I'm just saying allegedly. Um, but they'll protect those people if it, if it keeps them in the positions of power they want. So I think there's some good. I, I, I don't know how people can take ABC seriously after this. I mean, I don't know how they've been taking ABC seriously generally but this is just one more nail in the coffin of legacy media i think the, it, of course yeah it is and i i am hopeful i think there's a lot of people who are like center left who are waking up to this center left and actually let me make a caveat and actual progressives i'm not talking about regressives i'm not talking about sgws but actual progressives the kind of people who are anti-war like jimmy Dore, you know progressive comedian I have nothing but respect for the dude. You may disagree with his political opinions, but he is principled and he is consistent, intellectually consistent. And I'm just saying whoever's watching, if they know who he is, they may be on the right and they might not disagree. They might not agree with him, but he's an actual progressive. So there, that's the type of progress I'm talking about. They also are waking up to this. And the, and actually a lot of them have been aware of this for a while. Cause they, the, the wool, they watched the, they watched all the legacy media sell the Iraq war. Yep. Anybody that any progressive that's a true progressive remembers that and hasn't forgotten that CNN sold the yellow cake lies, you know, and sold the uh, and before that, way before that, babies and in incubators thing, like they they yep. know that, and so 
it's the big, the great mass of the left in the middle, which now is predominantly ruled by SJW beliefs, in my opinion. They're the ones who are just like robotic and zombies who follow the narrative and don't even see what they're doing. I'm like, I, I don't know. I, some days I struggle with empathy for people because I just get so tired. I shared this story and I had a leftist on my timeline who's like, well, what about Fox News and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you don't even get it. Like, I'm so tired of people who, I, just let, allow me to vent my frustration for a second, Carter. I want to be empathetic to people who don't see it yet. But on the other hand, I'm also really just tired of people who, who still, at this point in history, who still think that left and right is at all important. It's not important, dude. You're watching the wrong movie, as Scott Adams says. You're watching a ridiculous movie. And while they have you dancing like a puppet on a string about partisanship, oh, well, what about Fox News? Ah, oh, the left and the right, the left and the right, you know. This is not about the left and the right. This is about meanwhile, the powerful. Authoritarians are bulldozing your rights. Yeah, meanwhile, authoritarians are bulldozing your rights. But this is about the elite and the powerful and the, and the people that they govern. And this guy is so plugged into the mainstream narrative and eating all the garbage they feed him that we couldn't even agree. I, at some point I was like, we can't even have a conversation because uh, he was like, who are they? Who are they? I'm like the media, the blue cathedral, the, the actual powerful people in the world. He's like, you know, in the deep state, he's like, Oh, the deep state's boogie man. I'm like, wow, dude, you know, progressive leftists know the deep state. Progressive leftists are the ones who used to criticize the deep state. Like Dennis Kucinich, you ask Jimmy Dore, ask the, ask the real progressives about the deep and state. What was the military industrial complex except for a, a, an early concept of the deep state? Exactly. It's an early concept of the deep state. But the point is there are powerful people who remain in power despite who, when administrations like change, you know, there are people who are unelected, who are behind the scenes, who are in all these different um, uh, agencies, whether it's FBI, CIA, whatever, and even ones we don't know about that there to, to think that that doesn't exist. That to me is what's na That's naive and ridiculous. You're living in a la la land. And I, and I was like, you prop, I said something about, uh, he was like, well, you mentioned Hillary in your post, you know, you made it partisan. I'm like, no, I didn't. That wasn't to make it partisan. It's because she was an important part of the Ronan Farrow story, meaning, you know, her people tried to kill the Weinstein thing, according to Ronan Farrow. And uh, she's a powerful figure that's in the story. This is when I knew we're, it's like, we can't even have a conversation because we're in such different realities. He was like, Hillary Clinton's not a powerful figure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, what world do you live in? I, I mean, at that point, we don't, we can't even agree on basic facts. Like, have fun in your fake world that they've told you you're in. You know, it's like I don't the Matrix. Think he even believes that, Carrie. I think he just really? is saying that for argument's sake. I mean, you can't. How can anyone not believe that she's a powerful figure? I don't know, but yeah, maybe he's being dishonest, but it seemed like he really, d if, if you really don't believe she's a powerful figure, like, I mean, you're, you're in the matrix, you, you know, you're, <laughs> I don't know, you're in like another extra matrix. <laughs> like, like, yeah, like, it's like you're in the matrix and someone invented a new matrix in the matrix and you went. <laughs> oh man. But yeah, so that's just, thanks for letting me bit my frustration. I'll come back to being empathetic maybe tomorrow. But today I was like, oh, I'm so tired of people who think that left and right is important. And I know it's important for me to have empathy. And I know that a lot of people still believe that that's an important distinction. And so it's necessary for me to talk in those terms at times. But left and right is not important anymore. It's like authoritarian versus libertarian, you know, or status versus non-status or powerful elite versus the people the people like that's yeah and, i don't like the last one as much as the other two but sure you don't but i mean in terms of this story that's what oh yeah this story is yeah, yeah this story is definitely about the powerful elite regardless of ideology exactly because they will scratch each other's back because they all have dirty secrets on each other i never realized until this past year how rampant pedophilia is how rampant child sex abuse is among the rich and powerful i was yeah. so naive it's pretty disturbing. Um, and uh, I think actually one of the things that under Trump is there's been a lot of, there's been a, a lot of arrests made um, during Trump's presidency. I don't know. I, I think the DOJ is doing more work 
target in that area than they have in the past. But I'm not totally sure. I don't want to, you know, I'm not rah rah Trump trumping on this. I just I think that's a fact of what's been happening. I'm not totally sure. Um, what you know, Carrie. One thing I was thinking was, you know, back in the day, remember when you paid for newspapers? <laughs> I know you and I are old enough to remember when, like, I had a subscription to the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal. And you paid for them and they came to your house and some high school kid like dropped them off or whatever it was. Um, and you paid for your news. And I, I think an interesting thing has happened. So when the internet came along, there was this immediate, uh, you know, the mainstream, the legacy news people were like, well, uh, you know, you, they, they were facing a problem because people were starting to not pay because they could start getting information for free. Um, and so the legacy media's response was, well, we're like actual journalism, like those bloggers aren't doing real journalism. Um, you know, you want real journalism. And, but I think what really happened was, it's true that a lot of the bloggers weren't doing real journalism. But what happened is we've noticed that you haven't been doing real journalism either, legacy media. So <laughs> now we're in this state of like, actually, no one's really doing new journalism or real journalism. And I maybe what will happen is new trusted outlets, maybe they'll be specific to um, particular things like Project Veritas does exposure of media and tech. Like that's kind of their thing. That's right? their thing. But they do real journalism. They may do it guerrilla style and dirty. Right. And no, I'm saying that they're they like a new one that's emerging, right? So maybe yeah. have like Project Veritas's start emerging where we just maybe we'll get back to a spot where we actually pay for journalism at some point, but it will be just a different set of players who are kind of kept honest by the fact that uh, there's a lot of free stuff out there and you can check how much they're actually doing journalism versus how much they're being propagandist. And I, if you look at any of the mainstream media, they're all just propagandists. That's all they are right now. And that includes written media and things like, you know, television like ABC and and you know, CNN. So I don't know, it, it could be interesting. We might end up with a time in which people start paying again and you have a subscription to Project Veritas or something. I don't know. That would be kind of interesting. I would like it, frankly. Yeah, well, there's something about things being more um, valued when, when they're actually, when there's a monetary value on it, you know? Yeah. So the ultimate problem though, which I'm just realizing as I'm saying this, Carrie, is the free market doesn't guarantee that any one particular item will exist or any one particular service. If the culture doesn't want real journalism, real journalism won't emerge and be sustainable as a business. So if we don't want real journalism, you won't get it. You'll continue to get this crap. And um, they're counting on the culture not wanting it. They're counting on the culture just wanting to be force-fed the narrative that they've already bought into feed me what I want to eat. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And uh, that that's, that's, and they're counting on the rest of us, you know, zoning out and, and, you know, Netflix and binging for the, like, <laughs> I'm like, not the fast food, a big gulp and biased news. That's what right. I want. Just give me what I want. Right. Um, you, can I, can I play something on my end now? Okay. I hold on. So. Okay. Let's see. Okay, can you see this? Yes, Bill Hicks. Yeah, okay. This is probably my favorite Bill Hicks joke. Um, one of my favorite comedians ever. And I'll say this. This, is, this was a favorite bit of mine even when I was in SJW, and it's a favorite bit of mine now. And I think that is a testament to truth being constant even when we're not constant. <laughs> so this is really short, but... Um, they're all the same. I'll show you politics in America. Here it is, right here. I think the puppet on the right shares my beliefs. I think the puppet on the left is more to my liking. Hey, wait a minute. There's one guy holding up both puppets. Shut up. Go back to bed, America. Your government is in control. Here's love connection. Watch this and get fat and stupid. By the way, keep drinking beer, you fucking morons. Anyway. R.I.P. Bill Hicks slash Alex Jones's doppelganger. <laughs> slash Dennis Leary ripped him off for a lot of stuff. But anyway, um, that joke, though, that to me is the, the 
what we're talking about in regards to this story and how it's not a left or right thing at all. It's like, there's one guy holding up these two puppets, distracting people like here, bicker about the left and the right. While with my other hand, I'm diddling kids. Like that's, that's what this is about to me. Yeah, no, I I agree with you. Um, And I don't know, I guess this is kind of related. I don't know if it's totally related, but whatever, this show is all over the place today. Um, Carrie, I think a lot of, I'll, I'll call them conservatives, but I just mean people who don't want socialism. So I don't know what the definition of that is, but like people who aren't pushing for like massive expansion of the government. Um, and there's various degrees of those people. They, I, I think historically, a lot of them have just been like doing their jobs and going home and being with their families. And they're not, they're not really great at activism. The activists are always the like expand the deep state people. They're always the people who are like more of this, more of that. We want rules for this and laws for that and regulate that and more of that and increase this. And so, um, you know, I think we've kind of gotten to this point where we're just kind of used to, um, we're used to being free and kind of left alone because there was only so much the activists could do as so long as there were still kind of rights that were in place protecting us. But those are kind of going away. I'm not, yeah, I, I don't know why this is making me think of it, but it's, I guess it's the elections yesterday, Virginia turned Democrat, right? And I think it's because a lot of, a lot of people, um, I, I think the left is way better at organizing politically and, and pushing their agenda. And a lot of people that aren't on the left just kind of give them a free pass and we're going to run out of the freedom that we had because they're like in Virginia, one of the concerns is they're going to destroy a lot of the second amendment rights in Virginia because now the Democrats are in control of the house and the governorship. And so are the Congress, whatever in, in the governorship. So, um, you know, and yeah, maybe they'll pass something that's unconstitutional, but that will take un- that'll take years to unravel. And in the meantime, everyone will be affected and culturally affected as well. So I don't know. I'd like to see, I'd like to see the smaller government people get a little bit more active, but it's like herding cats. I don't, I don't know where I'm going with this. It's just an observation and I'm frustrated by it. Cause I'd like to see the smaller government people get a little bit better at like, I don't want to just oppose expansion of the government. I want to actively make it smaller. Yeah. But see, that's, you've mentioned this before, people who are inclined to live and let live and want the government to be smaller and want the government out of our business are also less inclined to organize. <laughs> right. They're less inclined to be in everyone else's business. Exactly. Right. That's, that's the catch 22 there. Know. And you know, what's funny is it's weird because when I was on the left, we often talked about how the right is so much better at organizing. It's like herding cats on the left. Like this is like this sort of um, in, it joke about ourselves, right? Like herding cats. Yeah. But that always fascinated me, by the way, as someone who wasn't on the left, that they would think that about themselves. Yeah, they do think that about themselves. But it's, I think that, I don't know, it's, it's, I'll have to think about that more. But maybe, maybe there's a reason why I was programmed to think that about the left. Oh, I, I think there's a reason. I think the reason is, and um, yeah, I think the reason is leftists are smug and believe that their arguments are the most rational arguments and that anyone smart and rational would be on their side. And so what they, what they do when it, but they haven't, they don't always win. And so they look at the right and they have to have an explanation like, well, why does the right sometimes win? Why do Republicans sometimes win elections? We're obviously smarter and we know all the right things and we're better and everything we're proposing is better for everyone because communism is awesome and aren't we great? Um, Well, the only real answer is they must be better at tricking the population. That's what the Republicans are good at. They must be really good at being deceitful because we're better. Objectively, we are better. So that's that's the other side. But it's such projection. Yes, I know. Now that I'm like out of the SJW bubble and I'm more in this no man's land, this nomad area, it's like I can look at the two and I can say, and and I have this conversation with people like this guy who tried to make the Epstein thing partisan. It's like they are, and I I was like this, they are so narrowly focused on Fox News. They're brainwashed to such a degree. And I was brainwashed to such a degree that when they talk, they really truly believe 
that this behemoth of the media, which is all left, that they, that they believe that that behemoth of the media is objective and that Fox News is super right. And I'm like, wow, once you step out of it and you have a little perspective, you can say, yeah, Fox News is conservative leaning, but all of this <laughs> right. is leftist establishment. And I just didn't even see, you don't see it when you're in it. It's like, again, like that idea of the fish who doesn't see what the water around him because it's all around him. And, and they will always be like, I'm Fox News, I'm Fox News, I'm Fox. You know, I'm like, yeah, what about it? There's like one little red speck in a sea of an ocean of blue. Right. And it's not even, look, I mean, in in some ways it's far, you know, it's it's clearly right. In a lot of ways it's centrist. I mean, it's not that, it's not that excitingly on the right. No, it's been dragged over to the center because like everything, the Overton, Overton window has shifted towards the radical left. That's why the mainstream left has now become radical SJW. And then you've got the Republicans get dragged over too. They've become socially liberal. Right. You know, this is this is my proof that interesting. Yeah, and that's my proof that the the left is better at uh, politics and organizing and getting their agenda uh, implemented. Because you know, rewind sixty years ago, which direction, and then just compare where we are now to where we were then. Which direction have we gone? Well, clearly very far left. So you've been doing a good job bringing us to socialism. The left has been doing a an effective job moving our country. So So here's what's interesting to me. Let me ask you this. I'm just thinking through this as I'm saying it or asking it. So what's interesting to me is someone like this guy I was mentioning. Yeah. He probably believes the narrative that we're living in a super right wing time now that Trump's president. And it's super right wing. Yeah. Are you laughing? Yes. It's a populist. Because, right yes, it's so absurd. But see, I believed it. I believed it when he was elected. I was like, oh my God. You know, they, 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 he probably believes that narrative that this right wing authoritarian demagogue is, and that, that we're living in through this time that's more racist and sexist than ever because of the right wing and the right wing is so predominant right now. And that's such a lie. And, and, to a person like that, if you're trying to have a conversation with them, is it possible to point out that like the reason that you think you're in that reality that doesn't exist is because you're programmed by all of this media around you because you're in the ocean, because you're the fish that doesn't see the water. And that's what that, that's the propaganda that this huge behemoth has to sell you. Am I make, am I making sense? I don't know. Yeah, it's like, I, I think I see what you're saying. Um, I, my, well, as you and I have already talked about, a lot of times getting someone to move fundamentally does require some sort of emotional self-driven motivation. Um, but that, that aside, um, I, the, what I've seen work in the past and I'm no expert at persuasion, but you know, what I've seen in the past is when you try and question someone's entire view like that you're never going to win there's too much of their ego tied up in they have too much of their identity is tied up in all those things i find it more effective to find one tiny little string and pull it so don't argue about like nothing else but one tiny little thing that maybe you can like an issue where um maybe they don't have a lot emotionally invested but they believe the the, the narrative and see if you can just like stay very limited on their own terms with what they say they want, right? Because as you point out, often there's good intentions. So as what they say they want, pull the string on one, like one little, one little thing and try and limit it to that. And sometimes, I mean, I think if you're going to have someone make a major change, it's not going to happen overnight anyway. It'll take a long time. But if you can pull that string a little bit and get them to think, they may go off, they may argue with you, they may block you, but they may go off and think about that. If you've, if you've effectively planted a seed of doubt in that one little area, um, that could potentially grow. For, and once they disagree with the entire narrative on one issue, then that opens, that's a wedge in. Then like they can start questioning other issues and other issues and other issues and eventually kind of realize, wait a minute, I've been in the matrix this whole time. But I think if you just come up to someone and say, all of your beliefs are a lie. <laughs> like, there's no way you're getting to them. 
<laughs> True. <laughs> yeah. This is yeah. Anyway. Which I know is very tempting because sometimes with people like that, it's like literally everything you say is like blue pilled. Everything is blue. Like everything isn't matrixed. It's <laughs> all the matrix. It's all that you're a puppet on a string, which sounds really insulting and demeaning. It is insulting and demeaning, but yeah, but but they are. He is. Yes, <laughs> true. Right. I, w- I try not to say that to people. It doesn't help in one to one. But in a third person talking about this person with you, sure, he is a marionette. Like right. Right. And 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 not just not just for the left. Don't like you know. Same with Trump. When we talked about Trump's an excellent troll. Trump right. tweets, and he the, he does the little puppet strings, and the press dances, and the the way they're going to respond to him, and then people like my friend dance. It's like right. it's all this like chain event of like complete distraction. Well, speaking of that, by the way, just to, we can kind of almost circle back to where we were before. Um, CNN, I don't think has yet, uh, maybe they have by the time this video gets out, maybe they will have, but they didn't, they haven't so far covered the Amy Robach thing at all. They haven't covered that leaked video at all. They haven't talked about it. Um, Can and, you imagine? Yeah. And I saw someone on Twitter though, <laughs> hit up Brian Stetler and said, if Trump tweets something that has a typo about this, will then you cover it? <laughs> 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 Trump needs to do another confetti tweet or something. Yeah, but that's literally all that has to happen. If Trump wants him to cover it, he just yes. has to like misspell her name and say something slightly wrong about it, and like CNN will cover it, and that will be that'll how that's how it'll work. That is hilarious because it's so true. It is. <laughs> <laughs> that is really funny. Wow. Uh, by the way, speaking of puppets and stuff, if you guys haven't already seen it, you should you should seek out, I forget the name of it, but there's a video where Jordan Peterson talks about Pinocchio. He, he references the old Disney movie Pinocchio quite a bit. And if you haven't seen that movie in a long time, I would also recommend watching it. I watched it last year or the year before, and it, it just, it moved me. It, it, I saw it in a different way as an adult. But one of the things he, he's like, that movie has so many great lessons in it. And one of those lessons is about a puppet learning how to become a real evolved conscious boy (laughs) like and i think there's a great it's like a great allegory for people who are um like my friend who like stop stop being stop being a marionette dude right like pinocchio is the old school term for npc yeah yes yeah yeah Anyway, and there's a great, I mean, I'm not going to go into all of the stuff Peterson talks about, but the one of the things that really stuck out to me, and this is because when I was a kid, Pinocchio was one of the scariest movies I ever saw, and it stuck with me even as an adult. Um, I love zombie movies and zombie books, and I'm, I'm one of those people who like being scared for whatever reason. So the fact that it was one of the scariest movies, it, it, I related it to zombie movies because of this one scene where the boys are turning into donkeys on Pleasure Island, right? He talks about that scene, Peterson does, and he talks about how it, it's like being lured, they're lured to Pleasure Island where you can do whatever you want. There's, it's nihilism, it's hedonism, you can play games, they're drinking, they're smoking, they're, um, there's no responsibility, and, they're, and it's like that you're being lured there by these this utopian these people who are like, it's all going to be wonderful. Follow this I- ideology, these, these Marxists, you know, these identity politics Marxists in our current society, all about worshiping the self, worshiping pleasure, worshiping uh, meaningless pursuits. And then what happens to them? Like they lose their humanity. Right. Like, literally they become beasts. They become monstrous. And that just gave me chills. And it was like, that's the root of why that scares me. That's also the root probably of why zombie movies scare me so much or zombie stories is because it's like a human and someone that you know and something that's familiar suddenly becoming someone that you don't know that's like, a, that's monstrous. And right. they've lost their humanity. They've yeah. lost their humanity, yeah. I mean, it's anyway. a great allegory for uh, ideological infection, right? Yeah, yeah. Come here, kids. Candy and booze. <laughs> and yep. Yeah. Anyway, I think this is a good episode. I like that we touched it's on meandering, so but I, it was a fun, fun conversation. Yeah. We should probably end it because it's getting long. Yeah, now. Let's end but it. it was meandering and fun all at the same time. So, cool. Um, don't forget 
we have book club. I'm going to announce book club this time just to throw Carrie off her uh, balance. We have book club on November 17th at 5 p.m. Pacific time. We'll be reading Coddling of the American Mind. You can send an email to speak at unsafespace.com if you want to participate in that. Uh, so we've got less than two weeks to read the book and jump in. Well, I'm going to do what Carter usually does and tell you that if you like this video, you should like it and subscribe and share it with friends. And we have a subscribe star instead of a Patreon where you can contribute financially if you want to. And we ba we barely make any dollars at all on YouTube because they censor us like they do everyone. They demonetize almost all of our videos. Um, and this is something we would uh, one day, eventually when we get enough people viewing and, and a, the percentage of people that donate gets bigger, uh, obviously, because the viewers will get bigger. We would like to do this full time. I mean, Carter already does it full time unpaid, <laughs> but, but we would like to do this full time and be able to make other like parody videos like that video we talked about, like the song and, we would like to be able to do stuff with a little bit higher production value than just um, sitting in front of our camera and flapping our jaws. Yeah. The big thing <laughs> that we want, I mean, the big production thing we want is an editor because I'm a horrible editor and it takes a long time for me to do simple little edits and it's not a good use of my time um, or Carrie's uh, that she does a lot of editing, but um, like an editor and, and frankly, um, you know, just some things to unburden us so that Carrie can pay her bills and eat and we can, uh, we can start making better content. That's a long way off, but that's where we're going. And that's, that's our, that's our goal. So have that in mind if you are supporting. And by the way, thank you for all the people on Subscribestar. Um, I really, really appreciate it. So couldn't do it without you. Take care. Bye.